Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. And a daddy who loves his children provides for his children. A daddy who loves his children makes sure that they are well taken care of. If your child is sick, what do you do? You treat them, you love them, and if it's bad enough, you take them to the doctor. Am I right? Right? God doesn't need to take you to the doctor. He's what's called our heavenly physician. He's already provided healing in his word. The Bible says that he knows every stitch from the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every strand of DNA, everything that is inside of you, God knows it intimately from top to bottom, inside and out. God knows your every thought. God knows you so well, he knows exactly how your body is supposed to be working. And if it's not working the way it's supposed to, maybe you're congested and it's just a seasonal cold, but we don't have to have that. Right, Emmy? Maybe it's a, it's a cut on your leg. Maybe it's some of these minor things, or maybe it's something worse, like Brendan's mom dealing with some severe back pain and some issues he was just telling me about before church. We can stand in agreement and stand on God's word for those things to be taken care of. And that's not us being presumptuous. That's not us wishing and, and asking and hoping for God to do something for us. No, we're simply putting God in remembrance of his word, saying, God, in your word, the word that you breathed life into, we talked about that last week, God breathed, inspired his word into people who wrote it down for us. In that inspired word, he said, by his stripes you are healed. Not will be, not someday, not when we get to heaven. Are, done, completed. You are healed. Past tense. Been taken care of. This is not something we are begging God for and pleading God for. This is something God said, I am giving this to you. I am providing this to you. Lily, may I ask you something? This is a, this is a pretty swank t-shirt. Actually, I just had it sitting there. This is a gift. Okay, swanky, whatever. This is a gift. I got this for you. I am providing it for you. It cost me a great deal. Do you see what she did? What did she just do? She took it, right? She received it. Now, if I did everything I just did, I paid a great price for this gift, whatever it is. I paid a great price for it, and I go to give it to Lily, and she does not receive it. Who's losing out? She is. The gift is hers. It belongs to her. I provided it to her. But if she does not receive it, if she does not take it, if she does not believe that I genuinely want to give it to her, she won't have it. Does that make sense? Every promise in God's word works that way, healing included. Wisdom included. What does God's word say about wisdom? It says, if you desire wisdom, ask for it. And the God who gives liberally will give you wisdom. When you get a hold of this, this will blow your, this will rock your world from top to bottom. I guarantee it. Does that mean you won't have struggles at school? No, you'll still have some struggles. It's a matter of growth. It's a matter of walking in faith. It's a matter of hard work. There's something we need to do. Not only stand in faith and walk in faith. You've got to do your homework. You got to, that's, there's stuff we, do, we need to do. We have a part to play in this. But God also plays a part in this. And we're not asking him too much by simply putting him in remembrance of his word. He asks us to. He says, remind me of this. Put me in remembrance of my word. And how are we going to put him in remembrance of his word if we don't know it? 
man, this is good stuff. I hope you're listening, because I didn't plan on going here tonight, but it leads right into what we're going to talk about. So last week, we talked about the discipline, the discipline, uh, or two weeks ago, we talked about the, the uh, discipline that parents give their children, a corrective discipline, physical discipline, can be uh, maybe a spanking or a, a verbal discipline, a talking to, whatever the case is. And what's the reason for that? It's to correct you, to help you in the right direction, to repoint you on the right path, to, to help you do what you're supposed to do and live the life you're supposed to live, right? Last week, we talked about a different kind of discipline, the discipline of reading your Bible every single day. Why do we want to do that? The first part in 2 Timothy chapter 3, uh, we read real quickly in verse 16, all Scripture is inspired by God. We talked about what that word inspiration means. God breathed. He breathed life and power into His Word. That's the word we're talking about tonight. His promises, His Word to us, the example He gives us in His Word, the promises He gives us in His Word. He said, God said that His Word is life. It is joy. It is peace. His Word gives us what we need because He has breathed power and life into His Word. That is why it is crucial for Christians, for believers, to spend time in His Word every single day. Now, raise your hand if you think that sounds a little daunting. I don't know about you, but I've got a busy schedule. And some days it's hard to carve out that time to spend in His Word. Some days I might sleep in a little bit too long. And already I'm putting myself behind. Maybe I don't get my quiet time until I get here to the office and I try to squeeze it in or at home at night, which is even more of a joke because our evenings are just nuts. And with you guys with schoolwork or work or family obligations or whatever, I understand it can be hard, but it is crucial. It is absolutely crucial to spend that time in God's Word. Hunter, we're going to go straight to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. We'll skip that first part. I want to make sure we get as much of this squeezed in as possible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 through 17. And I'm reading out of the Amplified Version. I usually read out of the New Living Translation, which is a great translation, but I want to read just out of the Amplified. And I hope that Amplified up there is the same as I've got. Every scripture is God-breathed, given by divine inspiration. And, and now here's the, that's what we covered last week, divine inspiration that's what the scripture is. God breathed divine inspiration, powerful for what? It is profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction for, of sin, for correction of error and discipline and obedience, for training in righteousness and holy living in conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. So that says a little bit differently there. This is huge. Huge. I'm going to tell you why. Let's go over a few of those words here real quick. Now, you guys know that the word, the, the Bible that we read was translated, right? The Old Testament was translated in he, from Hebrew into German and then English, and so we've got some translations. We can trust the Word of God. It is true, and it is, it is powerful in our lives, even if it's been translated, okay? These translators painstakingly took the time to translate the, 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 the crux of the promises and of the Word of God and everything that's involved in that. But I will tell you, with some translations, sometimes things can mean something different, okay? I'll give you a quick example. There are four words, there are four words for love in the Bible that mean different things. Um, we have eros, which is like a romantic 
love. We have agape, which is the God kind of love, like an unconditional love. And then oh, what's the phileo, which is the friend kind of love? Maybe there's just three. Am I missing one? Okay. So, for instance, each of those Greek words mean a different kind of affection or love, right? Well, at the time in English, we use the word love, right? So I can say I love pizza because it is, I, I really, really like pizza. But I say I love pizza. Now, is that the same way to say I love my wife? That's two totally different loves, right? But, it's just, but I'm using the same word. Okay, so keep that in mind, all right? So when I say lost in translation or there's a little, shh, hold on. I wanna, what I want to do is I want to take the words that they use here in 2 Peter 3, 16, and I want to kind of break them down just a little bit. I'm not going to go full into the Greek and all that craziness uh, because I'm not a Greek scholar, okay? But I will kind of describe a little bit to you. Okay, so <clears throat> listen fast, all right, because I'm going to talk fast. So every scripture is God-breathed, inspired, and profitable for instruction. That word profitable is, is, is better translated as a mandatory or essential and absolute requirement. So it is profitable. It is required. This is something we, as believers, as children of God, this is something that is, is an absolute. It's a requirement for us to be in God's Word. Uh, profitable for instruction. That word instruction is better translated as doctrine or a foundation of our belief and worldview. Why is that important? So the Word of God is a requirement to shape our worldview. Can anybody tell me what a worldview is? A view of, yeah, yeah, for lack of a better word, yeah, a view of the world, how we see the world, the lens with which we see our world, okay? So somebody can look at um, a, a riot in a city and see angry mobs and mean people and, you know, hey, I want to get out there and I want to throw rocks and I want to break windows. Somebody else can look at that mob and see, man, there are broken and hurting people and they don't know where to go and where to turn. These are lost people that don't know what to do. And so they're coming together and they're rioting or whatever. You see, your worldview shapes the way you see things, okay? So as believers, as children of God, we need to be in God's word because his word is essential and required in our lives to shape the way we see the world. We see the world and we see broken and hurting people who need God in their lives, who need the love of Jesus Christ in their lives in a huge way, just like we do. Just like we do. For reproof and conviction of sin. Reproof and conviction is like exposing the dark, hidden areas in our lives. Do you ever feel, when you're, when you're doing something that you know is wrong, and you get that, like, kind of sick kind of feeling, that guilt? That's conviction. You're being convicted about something that you're, something that you're doing that you know is wrong is being brought to the surface, and you're, you're feeling terribly about it. You're feeling convicted. You're feeling guilty about it. Okay, that's conviction. The Word of God, as we understand God's desire for our lives, His Word, the worldview, the way it's, our view of the world should be shaped and how we are supposed to live, God's Word will convict us. God's Word will convict us. If you go to steal a cookie out of the cookie jar in your kitchen, you don't feel bad about it unless your mom told you not to do it, Right? Then you feel guilty. Then you're looking around to make sure nobody's watching while you do the wrong thing, right? Okay? God's Word gives us instructions. God says, this is how I want you to live. 
It's not, now this is important, it's not just a list of do's and don'ts. Don't think of it, hey, fellas, I really want to make sure you get this, okay? Because I don't want you growing up having no clue about what's going on in life because you're not listening, okay? This is crucial here. God's word shapes our worldview. It shapes the way we live our lives every single day. And if we're not in his word on a regular basis, we will miss those critical things. We talked about healing tonight. We talked about God's promise. We talked about wisdom, joy, peace, all of this stuff, the fruit of the Spirit, all the stuff that God wants us to have. We won't receive any of it because we won't know it. We won't have an understanding of it. His word is critical in our lives. So conviction, making plain the things that are the, the bad things that are coming up out of our heart because our flesh wants to do things, and we'll, we'll, we've been into that before. Fallen man, our flesh is still wanting to do the wrong things, but our spirit, if you are a born-again believer, if you are saved, your spirit is new, a new creation. Your spirit is recreated. So you've got a little bit of a, a battle going on inside. Your recreated spirit wants to do what God wants to do. Your flesh wants to satisfy the flesh, wants to do what it makes it feel good. Okay, There's a struggle there, all right? So when we are doing something that's wrong, we get that conviction, that guilt that wells up within us because we know what God's Word says, if you know what God's Word says about that. Okay, so reproof and conviction for sin. Correction of error and discipline and obedience. Correction to be put back on level ground. It's not the same as conviction. Convicting te conviction tells you that what you're doing is wrong. Correction puts you back on the right path. Correction stands you back up when you've stumbled and fallen and puts you back on that straight and narrow path. Correction, all right? Training um, and conformity to God's will in thought, purpose, and action. In other words, training. Training in right, other translation says training in righteousness. Okay, educating you for a successful life equipped to live by a higher standard. Do you know we are called to a higher standard? God's word is breathed and inspired and powerful to act in our lives. We are called to a higher standard. God does not expect perfection out of us. He expects us to follow after him, to serve, and to attain to that God standard, to be like Christ. That's why he gives us his word. Do you realize the entirety of the Old Testament was given for our example? Be an example to us to see what people, God's people did in the Old Testament, the mistakes they made, the good things that they did, how they served God in faith, how they stumbled and fell and came back to God. These were all examples for us. God didn't need to give us all of that, but he did. He gave us an example so that we could see his love for us through the ages. And we can see that love come to full fruition and culmination in the person of Jesus Christ. And when he died for us, he paid the price for our sin, taking the punishment that belonged to us and giving us a gift that gift of salvation, that gift of adoption into his family, into the family of God. That adoption is what gives you access to the power in his word. The power that is in his word is yours because you are a child of God. One week ago tonight, Brendan came up and gave his life to Christ. He is a brand new child of God. He is still learning, he is still growing, and God's word will shape that growth for Brendan for the rest of his life if he lets it. I'm going to give you one quick example 
and then I want to pray for those prayer requests that were lifted up tonight, okay? Over the years, I see these stories from time to time, and it is gut-wrenching, it is heartbreaking, it is absolutely unfathomable how people can do this to a child. But people will neglect children for long periods of time. There was a story, and I don't know a whole lot of the specifics about it, but there was a story, uh, a neighbor began to notice something weird, or they saw a face kind of peek out of the window curtain or something like that. I can't remember the details of it. So they kind of called it in. They tried to check it out or whatever. Well, anyway, long story short, ended up this family had locked this child in a room, barely fed, no communication, no love, no nurturing of any kind. I don't even know how the child survived, to be, to be very honest with you, because it sounded like just putrid, horrid conditions. I can't remember, babe, we talked about this. Do you remember was a child in, in like 11, 12, 13, 16. Either way, the child was severely underweight, malnourished, looked half the age that it was supposed to, it was, I think it was a girl. She looked half the age she was supposed to be. I mean, just, she got nothing. She received nothing from her parents. Nothing. So she had none of the verbal skills, none of, the, none of anything that she needed to be, let's just say 13, to be a 13-year-old girl. She had nothing because she was never given that by her parents. God gives us his love in his word. He gives us the Holy Spirit welling up on the inside of us as a witness to his love for us and to what Jesus has done for us. God cares about us. He loves us. He corrects us when we're wrong. There is, there is everything we need in his word. But if you are not in his word, spiritually speaking, you will be like that little girl who couldn't speak, who didn't understand how to really eat the right things. Or I mean, like, it was like she was a baby. She was a baby in this child body because she had received nothing from her parents. Nothing. Spiritually speaking, you will be like that little girl if you are not in God's word on a regular basis. And I'm not trying to be like sensational here. I'm not trying to wag my finger at you and say, oh, woe are you if you do not read God's word. I'm not trying to guilt you into anything. I'm simply trying to paint a picture of the critical importance of spending daily time in the word of God. Even if you just start off with five or ten minutes a day just to build that habit, that is fine. That is fine. And if you miss a day, don't let yourself be guilted about it. Don't be down and condemn yourself. Don't. No, just pick it back up and get going. You know what I mean? Like, just pick yourself back up and keep going. Get in God's word every single day as often as you possibly can. Number one, you'll begin to notice a difference in these areas we talked about, okay? God will correct you in some things as you read through his word and understand his, his desire for you. God will begin to work some things in your life. You'll begin to, you can, you can know and understand what you can ask God for because he's promised you in his word. The things we talked about, wisdom, joy, peace, health, all of it. Provision. You'll understand and know what God wants for you, the gift he has for you. You can receive it because you know this belongs to me as a child of God, not because I think I deserve this stuff. No, but because God told me he wants to give me this stuff. Okay? All right? Do you see where I'm coming from? This isn't, this isn't something we just throw out there and make up. This is something that God has given us in his word, and we can rely on his word because it is inspired into the people that wrote it down for us. All right, so here's what I want to do. Worship team, uh, if everybody's in here, go ahead and come on up. Just start playing a little something.
I want everybody to stand up. <clears throat> I'm not going to have a bunch of you come up front or anything. You guys know what you lifted up in prayer requests. We had several people. We had a couple people lift up for healing requests. Several of you lifted up stuff with some issues you're having at school with homework and just stress and things like that with schoolwork. God says that when we ask him, he will give us wisdom. For those of you who uh, had a healing, a prayer request for healing, God said in his word that by Jesus' stripes we are healed. We are healed by the stripes of Jesus. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to lift these things up in a general manner. You guys will know who I'm praying for, who we're talking about, because I don't want to leave anybody out. Excuse me. Um, a couple people prayed for music concerts and, and being prepared. You know, God will give us wisdom and help us to be prepared and remember, bring things to our remembrance that we've been working on and studying, okay? Same goes with school. God will bring things to your remembrance, all right? He will bring things to your remembrance that you've worked on, that you've studied, that you have learned, okay? Uh, we've talked about healing. What was the other thing? Uh, the work that your family needs to get done. He will help you. He will multiply your time. He will help you to prioritize your time. He will help you not only to have wisdom, but wisdom in prioritizing your time. Does that make sense? So ask God for wisdom, and he will give you wisdom. So you'll know, hey, we can fit all this stuff together. We can do this stuff. He will bring things together. Things will begin to put themselves into place. And you'll say, I can't believe we got all that work done in just one day. See where I'm coming from? He will multiply your time. Okay? What was another one? What was something? Am I missing anybody? Pastor Larry will lift up for healing. Rainy will lift up for healing. Kelsey's grandma will lift up for healing. Okay? So as the band just plays for this first song, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray over these, these things. But first, most key important thing, I know just about everybody that's in here, but just in case, if you have never received that free gift of salvation, if you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, that is the first step. That is the step that needs to be taken to unlock all of the promises of God's Word. Because those promises, it may sound exclusive, it may sound excluding to the world to say, oh, I see, so you've got to be part of your Christian club to get blessings. Is that right? Well, kind of, yeah. But it's not a club, it's a family. And these aren't just random blessings. These are promises from our Father God. But you have to be part of the family first, right? Because God loves his kids. God blesses his kids. God's promises are for his kids, his children. So if you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, Tonight is your night to free, get free of the bondage of sin and death. Jesus paid the price for everything that you have ever done wrong and everything that you will do wrong. Jesus has paid that price. God says in his word that we cannot approach him with sin in our, in our, in our hearts. Sin separates us from God. Yet the blood of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice that he made on that cross, brings us back in to a right relationship with God. We are no longer enemies of God, but we are part of his family when we receive that free gift that Jesus gave us on the cross. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Our spirit is reborn. No longer do we have a, a, a dead spirit inside of us, a sinful spirit. We have a new life-giving spirit straight from God indwelling us on the inside of us, opening us up to all the promises that he has because we are now adopted into his family. So if you want to get adopted tonight into the family of God and receive that free gift of salvation, that's your first step. What I want you to do, as soon as I'm done praying, uh, as soon as I'm done praying over these prayer requests, I want you to come here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray with you. 
and then we will lift up any other needs that you may have as we worship in this first song, okay? So worship team, I'm going to pray, and as soon as I'm done praying, rock on to that first song, and then if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, as they start singing that first song, that's when I want you to come up here, okay? All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We know that you have heard us when we pray. Your word says that you hear your children when we lift up our prayer requests to you, Father God. So we thank you, Lord. For those that are struggling in school, we ask that you would give them wisdom and strength and bring things to their remembrance. Help them, Father God, to understand topics and subjects that they were having a hard time with before. Help those things become clear to them, Father God. Help them to excel, and not only excel, but excel in such a way that they can help others excel as well. That they can share that gift of knowledge and that gift of wisdom with others because they will see with new eyes and with new clarity these things that were once difficult for them. Father, I lift up those who have uh, music concerts and things that they need to study and do for music and, and the skill and craft that they need to, to hone for that. Father, I just thank you for wisdom and, and knowledge and understanding for that as well. That they will be not only prepared, but confident about their skill that you have given them. Father, we lift up those who had a prayer request for health. Pastor Larry, Kelsey's grandmother, uh, Rainy. Father, we lift up uh, Emmy with her, with her congestion and this cold that's trying to come upon her. Father, we thank you for your complete and total healing in the name of Jesus. Quick and speedy recovery for all of these, Lord. And if there's any that I missed, Father, I thank you for healing for Brendan's mom, for her back. Father, I thank you for healing these people in the name of Jesus. Your word is true. Your word is strong. And it is powerful in our lives, Father. We receive that now in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your strength in this room tonight for your children. We thank you for that in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen means let it be. Let it be done. When you hear amen at the end of a prayer, that means signed, sealed, and delivered. Let it be done according to his word and his promise in our lives. Now we're going to worship, and if you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, tonight is your night to make that happen. If you need to recommit your life to Christ, you have been saved, you have been delivered, you are a child of God, born again, but maybe you've let your walk with Christ slip, your relationship slip, and you say, Matt, tonight is the night I want to get back right with God. This isn't a re-salvation, this is simply a recommitment. If you want to come here and uh, I will lead you in a prayer of recommitment, that's fine too. Come up and I will do that for you. So as we worship tonight, let's get these things done.